your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to what should be a day off, right? It's Wednesday. We should get three days off a week. Wednesday should be that day. I know people want a three-day weekend, but, you know, let's just do it in the middle of the week so we can just get uh, you know, a little rest. But we're working. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. 608-785-7914. Ken Gilliam, the lacrosse fire department chief, is going to join us in a couple of minutes. Got a whole bunch of things on the docket, but I will say if number three is listening, number three, you got to bring up your your beef with the fire department and its buildings and it's, you know, eventually the lacrosse fire department will own the entire city. Kind of like how Winona state's trying to own all of Winona. Uh, lacrosse fire department's trying to own all of the city and build fire departments on every block. Uh, okay. It's not that drastic, but number three is called a couple of times. And, and I, I know he's going to want to talk to fire chief Gilliam today. And maybe maybe we can get some answers from Gilliam on on what the number three is problem is. We'll we'll just leave it at that. Uh, before we get to that though, um, Sam Schneider had a, uh, a, a a press conference today. It's always fun because he's the only candidate announcing press conferences. And you know how do we handle that? Because if if we have ten candidates for mayor, the only one is and other others are doing other things. This is kind of the like what? How do we handle these? Uh, how how people are putting things out there? So uh, of course, the uh, news conference. I I'm sorry, it's not a press. It's a news conference. And uh, today he said he's going to take a thirty thousand dollar pay cut. While he's if he's elected mayor, he's going to make fifty two grand a year. Donate the rest of the money to some unknown charity. I don't think he said what charity it would be. Uh, Brad Williams was at the news conference. He said he he Schneider said he would do that for all four years that he would be mayor. Take a thirty thousand dollar pay cut, so he'd make fifty two grand a year. So everyone in the cross would get one dollar. Um, so and then the next mayor could. I, I would assume just make the eighty-two thousand dollars again. Uh, sounds like a pretty good gimmick to get yourself elected mayor. <laughs> and uh, and then what? What do you do with that thirty grand? You, that's a tax write-off somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how tax write-offs work. Uh, I, I'm I'm like Kramer and Seinfeld. I just like it's a write-off. You write it off. It's what you do. Uh, so I I can't pretend to be an expert there, but. Hey, if you want to be elected mayor, just you know, same thing. If you want to, if you want to run for student council and and win a student council seat while you're in middle school, uh, longer recesses, better lunch, and no homework. Uh, Schneider is running on the I'm going to take a thirty thousand dollar pay cut, which gives everyone a dollar back and makes the mayor's you know salary uh, less. So good, good on you. Um, I'm going to fix all the roads and what was the other one? It's something about making a, you know, a referendum for anything that, that the city wants to decide to, to raise taxes on. We'll have a vote on that. So in other words, nothing will ever get done in the city. I feel like that's how that would go. Uh, Joe's calling in. Joe, 
Joe, go ahead. Joe, Joe. You know, all the big companies, they just write that off. It's just a write-off. It's a write-off, yeah. What do you mean, write it off? <laughs> um, no, while we're talking about him donating that, you know, for all the talk about Trump being all for himself and and he's a grifter and all he cares about is money, I'd be curious to see what, donate, what charity Joe Biden donates his uh, first quarter salary for being president, and we'll see where he donates that money. I bet he keeps it for himself. Okay. Um, well, we went to Joe Biden talk. Um, yeah, great. Uh, we'll get another call. Who's this? Caller. Hey, Rick. Zeke. Hey, Zeke. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. Say, why Why is it a bad thing that a mayor would take a $30,000 pay cut? Uh, it's just like a, a, a nice little gimmick to get elected mayor when, you know, maybe you need to... Uh, grab some headlines and you don't actually know everything you know maybe you're going to learn on the job if you're elected mayor but it's just a gimmick like it's a dollar to you every think citizen he would use the you think he would use the oh was that mayor city administrator then since he's new well then we could donate that 30 grand to the city administrator but how good of a city administrator would we have uh, at 30 grand <laughs> uh, well, i mean they're going to get paid the regular wage that they would get paid, and then that thirty thousand can be donated to small businesses that were, I don't know, affected by COVID this this year in the city. Yeah, it wouldn't be a right? mayor. It wouldn't be the mayor's salary either. It would be he. He would still take the money. He would just donate it. It's not like we're we're creating a, a permanent salary for mayor. Brad, did you just have? Did you have something? Yeah, Hope? I want to clarify. And what you just said is it? Yeah, the city could still pay him eighty two thousand dollars a year. He would set aside thirty thousand dollars of that into a special fund and then donate that to whatever charity he would like. Then his salary would be the the one dollar for person would be what he gets paid is fifty two thousand dollars is what he would keep okay and then he didn't say what charity right no because he's still looking into that but and then he he said he would do that all four years of he his- he that was implied as far as i can tell is that that's what he wants to do if he becomes mayor he would keep the fifty two thousand a year and set aside thirty thousand for the charities okay all right thanks brad um, Do you think he should refocus his slogan to what Brad was saying? Is you know I'm still going to take the eighty two thousand dollars because I don't have a choice, but I'm going to donate thirty of it to these charities throughout my time as mayor. Yeah, and it wouldn't would be, be it wouldn't be smart to make that permanent because then the next mayor that we tried to elect would go, oh, the job pays fifty two grand a year. Um, that sounds awful. I'm not going to run. <laughs> so, I mean, there's. Why do you think they would think that? You think the next mayor would have that consensus, or do you think they would actually know, like, okay, this guy's out. I'm not going to donate anymore. What, what are you just going to assume? Well, I'm just saying for the you know, if we made the job permanently fifty two thousand dollars a year, do, do you understand? Like, the mayor's oh. job is pretty hard. Oh yeah, it's probably yeah. probably about yeah, just, sixty seventy hours a week. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that uh, it, it was a good idea. Uh, I think it could be used uh, yeah, in it, a different context to to the public, but I don't yeah. think it's it's a funny slogan. No, I'm I'm not saying he's it's got a good idea. He's got it, a good heart. He, it, I mean, he's got a good mindset. What he wants, you know, to do, and I feel like he's got good intentions. But 
Um, yeah, yeah I, anyway. I don't think anyone has bad intentions. I will just say this, Zeke. How many times have you called me? Ever? Well, I try to try to limit it because no. I like to listen to you more than. No, I, I hear you, but I'm you. saying I'm saying that you called me today because. This is interesting to you, and uh, you know whatever I said, you probably had a little bit of a problem with. But like you, you haven't called. I don't even know if you've ever called. Uh, but but this has gotten your your attention. So it's a it's a very easy yeah. thing to grab people's attention. But hey, I got to let you go. It is, I, it's a very good attention getter. Thanks for yeah, taking my yeah, call. Thanks, Zeke. Um, yeah, I I uh, we can continue this. I think uh, I think Ken Gilliam, the fire chief. I think he'll roll with with what we're talking about a little bit. Uh, we'll ask him if he's willing to take a pay cut too. How about that? Uh, so if you guys want to hold tight, I just I got a break for news. I'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Got too much things. To get out of here, Stone Temple Pilots. Too many things to talk about. Fire Chief Ken Gilliams on, and we actually have some fire. I almost it almost sounded like I was going to say the f word there, but we actually have some like interesting things to talk about when it comes to. The fire department and the fire chief, and but when the uh, a mayor candidate says he's going to donate his salary or half, you know, a third of his salary to uh, a charity, um, that's that's going to eat, that's going to steal headlines. And I think maybe some people roll their eyes, and other people go, "Hey, that's great." Uh, maybe all our city administrators should should do that. So, Ken, you're next. Uh, how much of your salary is you willing to donate? <laughs> yeah, Rick. I, I, you know, with short notice to think about it, I guess. You and I could get together later and talk matching dollar for dollar what we'd give up to uh, save our jobs or save our employers. But um, I, I think leading out, heading into this year, we were looking at some pretty hefty budget cuts, and I know the city was discussing furlough options and some deeper cuts. And I, I try to lead by example, and I, I put it out there that, you know, if my people had to take a, a furlough pay cut, I would certainly take one at the front of that line. Um, it really gets around to where you guys are talking. It's like what follows later. I could I could donate my entire salary, but when the when the next fire chief comes along, what level of uh, city executive do you want to hire? Yeah, and, and with, uh, it, I appreciate Sam's at a point in his life, or Samuel is at a point in his life where he can offer that up. Um, you know, that may look different to a person later in life when you know they've got different uh, things happening. So. Yeah, and if we do, uh, you know, if I don't know what you would do for a pay cut, but if I match you dollar for dollar, then I would probably have to go on food stamps <laughs> and maybe get a second job. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know so. you guys are living pretty fat there. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Right. Um, all right, so there's a couple I, people. I'm, sure, I'm just glad to know that there's, you know, probably a lot of people out there that if the city's in dire need, they'd all cough up a little money to help out. So I I definitely join uh, with all the citizens to do whatever I can to help, you know, keep the city up. Yeah, and there's a couple of people on hold, so I'm I'm sure there and you, and you want to roll with uh, you want to do the radio show. Maybe at some point you can just be the co-host. But I know a couple of people want to talk about some stuff. So we could, we could job shop swap for a day. You could go be fire chief. I could be radio host. Well, if, that'd be interesting. Well, I don't know if you noticed the uh, the other night. I just stood behind and kind of watched. I was like I was eavesdropping a little bit, just kind of just to see how you all work. So I was standing behind the command truck there and, and watching what you guys were doing this the show was kind of over at that point when it comes to the casino bar uh building fire but i i was kind of interested and then when chance came came by and started talking to me he was giving me some insight too that i was like oh yeah that's uh <laughs> i never thought about that and this and that and other things so i was learning quite a bit actually rick a lesser talk show host i would have shoot away but yeah. <laughs> i was glad you were there to kind of see us in action at a pretty significant event that happened this week yeah, I, I, we can get into that in a minute. I just want to—I don't want to yeah. leave the callers on hold there. Darren's calling in. Darren, go ahead. Yeah, just a general 
statement first, and then I'll, I've got a question for the fire chief. Cool. Um, you, you know, um, public service um, is uh, traditionally was something that people saw as, you know, a, a, a profession, helping the public. Uh, people weren't necessarily going to get rich on it, um, but uh, it was a public calling, and, you know, people, um, taxpayers that felt that, uh, you know, uh, these positions were important to the livelihood of their communities would have no issue with, you know, paying uh, a livable wage for these people. And, you know, it, it's a, it is a gimmick. Um, someone that 18 years of age, um, you know, making light of, you know, um, the. All right. Well, the perfect timing right to when he got to his point. Hey, Darren, I didn't do that. So for the record, um, Eric's calling. Eric, I was kind of waiting to see where he went. Yeah, right. Eric, he'll call back. Eric, go ahead. Let's talk about the fire department today. Or could I talk about what I want to talk about when I first called the equipment in over 15 minutes? Okay, well, uh, I don't know. Thanks for getting to your point, Eric. Um, I'm going to have that. Uh, one more caller here. Uh, Gary? Is this Gary? Yep. Go ahead, Gary. You're on the air yeah, with Ken Gilliam. Well, I just want to make a comment on that uh, mayor that was interested in donating money if she gets elected. Uh, that has absolutely no... Uh, I could care less. I mean, uh, I, I don't vote because they want to give you something or they want to, you know, take their... Well, here's what I do. I look at what in the hell do they know. I want somebody who knows what the hell they're doing. That's how I vote. If if I... And I try to study. I try to read up on them. I try to see where what they how they voted in the past. You know, you, you look at the... Um, police cars when they were on fire you look at the buildings when they were being burned down in like three major cities all democrat and you know i want a mayor that's going to be able to say stop makes sense huh not really but (laughs) i mean you you started off good to me but at the end there i don't i don't know if lacrosse is i mean we were burning buildings the other day uh, Ken, but not. I don't think we were doing that on purpose, right? Do, have we figured that out yet? The cause of that fire uh, behind Casino Bar there? Uh, that, that's still under investigation. Yeah, I can't comment on that. Okay, how long? How long does the stuff like that usually take, or is every circumstance different? Well, I, I think um, I, we have released some information. I, I know that the fire uh, was set outside behind the building. Um, we know that there was probable human interaction back there. Um, we're researching that. Obviously, the police department and the fire department, both of our uh, sets of investigators, are, are are looking into that. And just to uh, you know, they've got to go through their processes and steps. But I'm sure in in coming weeks, as things firm up, uh, you know, we'll have more that we can talk about with it. Yeah, and it, it, it apparently it started in a outside. It didn't start actually inside a building, right? Correct. As, as far as I understand it, correct. Yes. And and. Uh, in the in the past, that that area that I call it a nook. It's it's an alley, but it doesn't go all the way through. So it's like a three sided, uh, you know, hallway almost in there. Um, we've we've had other calls for for fires in there that just didn't didn't weren't as serious. Well, yeah, and I think it, it, anybody that's been downtown, kind of going through the alleys, you've got different depths of buildings. So uh, kind of where Brothers and then uh, the casino bar is. The casino is a little bit shorter building between two longer buildings. So it kind of creates a little bit of a, a U-shaped cut in there behind their building. And uh, that, that's back where the fire got started. It was pretty apparent on our arrival. The back uh, stairs were all wooden and were burning. And, uh, so it, it def- we're, definitely started as an exterior fire and then worked its way into uh, 
connected to the two buildings. Yeah, have you guys had to go out there before, or have the police had to go out there before I, I, when when other fires have been started in that area? Believe it or not, there's been a few fire and uh, law enforcement calls downtown, Rick. So yeah, no, we, we've uh, we've had some other incidents in the area, and uh, certainly it's it's winter time. Um, uh, people are potentially starting fires to stay warm, or is it a just somebody trying to set a fire to set a fire? You know, there's always different motives. Uh, it's under investigation, so we'll we'll have to kind of see where that goes as they piece together what video evidence we can get and uh, interviews we get, and uh, you know, make sure that we don't tag it on the wrong person. Oh. Before we have all the facts, yeah, and I, I, I get that. I just, I, you know, when when you, we we talk about that place, that that looks pretty secluded, that little nook there, and and when police get a call there, or maybe two calls there, then they got to start thinking like, oh, do I have to? When I'm making my rounds, I should go at least go check back there to make sure everything's okay. It just it it, it would be something that would be hard to put on my radar, but just because it's it, the position it's in. Yeah, and I, I can't speak to the Cross Police Department's uh, policies as far as what they do. I I remember back many, many, many years ago, I was a 911 dispatcher, and I used to go up and ride along with the Sheriff's Department I was working for, and uh, riding along with officers where they're moving through alleys like that and checking doors, and they'd, you know, they'd find unsecured doors and go in and check, and I was like, you know, we all have the, there's, there's people that don't understand why people will do what firefighters do, and some of those nights I get to see that there's things that the cops do that it's like, you know, it's, uh, it takes a lot of moxie to open up a door and then go into a dark building and see why the door is unsecured. So I think that's pretty standard police tactics, but you can save that for uh, Chief Kudron or assistant. Oh, Chief yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking with Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. We're going to get into into that fire, not literally into that fire, but we're going to get into, uh, you know, just the, the like what it was like for, for those guys. You, I know you weren't in there, sure. but you can kind of talk about, you know, it started and just how, how maybe – how potentially bad that could have been. Uh, the other things that I want to talk about before we head to to break. See, we already get, we're already halfway done, Ken. Um, is and I'll just a little show tease here if I can find my notes. Uh, the the number three has been arguing about uh, you guys building all these new fire departments, and that uh, essentially I think maybe that comes off the tax rolls for the city or something. So we can get into that a little bit. And, well, he uh, has been arguing. He's been calling in and taking shots. At least tell him to wait till I'm on the air, and then we can actually talk factually about what's going on. Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, I, I will say I don't, I don't uh, argue back at him because I honestly like you're going to know better than I am. And then I want to bring up oh, the fireman. Guy, yeah. yeah, and I want to bring up the fireman of the year, uh, Brian Stein. Right? That was the, you guys picked that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had that ceremony yesterday uh, honoring Brian, a long-term uh, member of the fire department. Uh, recognized by uh, his peers and uh, selected by a, a group of uh, people in the department for our Firefighter of the Year Award. is a, a great ceremony and just uh, a great individual and human being and a great firefighter in our department. All right, that's some of the stuff we'll get into. Uh, Scott's comment coming up, Brad doing the news. We'll be back with Fire Chief Ken Gilliam after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608. 785-7914 is the talk and text line. But Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam is in with us. Uh, I did get a text here. Uh, golf for mayor. I got that one. Uh, libertarian guy says uh, maybe Sham Sh- Samuel Schneider should run for uh, treasurer. Maybe he should be the treasurer. Uh, we started the show talking about Samuel Schneider holding a press conference. He's the only candidate holding press conferences, and he's going to donate $30,000 of his salary, I think all four years, to a charity um, to bring his salary better in line with, with, the, with the rest of the community and, and with 
with uh, the pandemic. Uh, that would help out. Um, uh, Tim texted in, hey, Rick, if he's going to donate 30 grand, it not that still coming from the local budget? Sounds like we're still paying him $80,000. Um, Dan said he wanted specifically to know what charity. And uh, Lee said that candidate for mayor who wants to donate his salary can do it because he still lives in his mom's basement. Oh, that was mean, Lee. That was mean. Uh, Ken Gilliam's on with us. We were talking about that, the casino bar fire, or casino bar building fire. I guess I don't know. How to, how do you categorize that, Ken? Oh, that's certainly a significant fire. Um, if you look at the uh, those 100 to 150-year-old buildings that line, you know, the, the typical downtown Main Street, uh, it's just a, a very dated uh, type of building construction with a lot of inherent risks to civilians and firefighters. Um I, I can't applaud our crews enough um, on on really a very aggressive attack of that fire. Uh, we quickly cleared the structure in a primary search, making sure we had occupants out of the apartments that we knew people were living in, uh, as well as the neighboring buildings. Uh, the fire came up the back of one and, and got into the casino uh, bar area up above there where there's apartments, and then uh, led into the area up above Brothers and uh, had a couple of different floors going. And as you saw, Rick, you know, there's... You know, it was kind of like playing whack-a-mole with a fire. We'd get a knockdown in one area, and it kept popping up. A lot of these old buildings have a lot of chases and voids, and um, people always wonder why our, our code enforcement efforts are so strict when they want to, you know, knock down a load-bearing wall and punch through a door or punch through piping. And uh, all that stuff comes from lessons learned over a lot of years of dealing with fires in these buildings and, and, trying, to, and trying to create those fire stops to get firefighters time to get in and, and do what we need to do to get the fires out. I think what a lot of people want to know too is when you have like a downtown building go up like that and 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 you're obviously battling multiple floors is how bad could it have got how far could it it would have, it could have took that that whole block or is that just a little bit of fear mongering there yeah, and not specific to this you know these couple of buildings, but um generally speaking on a lot of these you know original downtown main street type of areas. A lot of these buildings, you know, they're they're wall to wall, and over the years, things have been punched through for mechanicals, or you know, buildings have been joined together. A lot of the basements share common foundation areas where there's, you know, big basements running, and as as you have the building construction, the older balloon frame construction where there's no fire stops in the wall, so a, a fire can enter on the first floor, and within a matter of a couple minutes, it's up on the third and chasing across the attic. Uh, in, insanely dangerous for firefighting tactics. It's kind of one of our worst nightmares as far as. A working fire like we saw the other night and um, it's serious as far as how far there's you know you can look at a lot of cities where that would have leveled half a block um, we you know certainly uh, are we we had the right people there we had the right amount of staff there we were able to aggressively hit it and there's probably a little bit of luck in play too that you know we did have the fire stops in place where we could get in there and um, our, our fire investigators I did a walkthrough today with you know kind of lights on and daylight and uh, looking at the, the dynamics, how that fire ran through two different buildings and, you know, what, what would have happened, in, you know, over another five to ten minutes if we hadn't have been there doing what we were doing. Do you know how many people were displaced off the top of your head? Uh, I do. Um, not specific numbers. I know there's uh, a couple of apartment units up above the, the main building of the casino. Both of those occupants were displaced. Uh, fortunately, uh, the, uh, the apartments up above the Brothers Bar there, uh, those are currently vacant. So, um Primarily two residences were displaced, um, and then the, the neighboring building on the corner of 3rd Street, there are a lot of smoke, uh, but but uh, no fire damage, but uh, certainly some cleanup crews in there. 
Uh, and we connected people with the Red Cross. Uh, some of them had, uh, you know, family members or friends where they went to stay, and they're dealing with their insurance companies. Uh, a special note on this, um, if you're renting an apartment, uh, get renter's insurance. Uh, the, this is catastrophic um, for people that don't have renter's insurance, and it's heartbreaking when you you, know, you see a fire that's gutted and, and it basically everything you own in your, you know, two- to three-bedroom apartment is now lost. Uh, renter's insurance is pretty cheap, and I, I can't encourage uh, – downtown residents and students and anybody living up over these uh, type of buildings and stuff to uh, make sure they're, they're getting uh, that as a top priority. Um, and then the other thing too was, you know, obviously it was a Monday night, I believe a Monday night I, and there wasn't a, probably not a ton of people in the bar that had, they, everyone was probably able to get out pretty safely. Yeah, we, we talked about that that night. Um, our command staff, as things kind of calmed down, a couple of different people we had mentioned that uh, we were very fortunate that wasn't like a you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday when a lot of the bars uh, that fire came in right around 10 p.m. You know, a few thousand more spectators would not have helped our efforts at all as far as crowd control and security and stuff. So um, very fortunate that it happened on you know a relatively slow night of the week. Yeah, and, and and when people want to, and you don't have to comment to this, Ken, but when people want to uh, go, hey, the bars aren't packed; it's a pandemic. Um, go there on a weekend. And uh, you'll see that the bars are, there's quite a few people in the bars. Um, and, and with this. Yeah, I'll actually comment on that because I, I think a lot of people know I, I live uh, I live pretty close to downtown and my wife and I enjoy the downtown atmosphere. Um, you know, throughout the pandemic, we've, we've got a lot of businesses that are being responsible and, you know, working at, at half capacity or less, wearing masks, doing what they can. There's, um, after 10 p.m., it's like some, some of the pandemic rules get set aside and, uh, a lot of that's driven by uh, adults that appear to be in the age of like your stereotypical college students. And I would just encourage them to, you know, really look at those situations, what's going on with the economy, what's going on with the city um, and, and the recovery efforts that are trying to happen. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of reckless behavior to pack a bar shoulder to shoulder and no, not a mask in sight. And, and we have seen evidence of that. We're, we're certainly working with the health department uh, and with the uh, Tavern League and different groups to try and get that under control. But, it's uh, it's certainly still an area of concern. We're we're not out of the woods yet on COVID nineteen. All right, and then the other thing too with the the fire, we're speaking with Ken Gilliam, the fire chief here in the Cross. Uh, we needed every truck, every every vehicle. How how did you, everything you had? Did you throw everything you had in in the city of Lacrosse at this thing? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it certainly stretched us to uh, our limits. Um, so we typically have between about twenty four to twenty eight firefighters on duty across the city. Um, as that fire expanded, pretty much all of our personnel were dedicated to the fire. Uh, we immediately do two things. We call for mutual aid from our mutual aid neighbors, and we also do some uh, callback of off-duty staff. Uh, we, we put out a, a callback and got about another 15 firefighters to come in, um, you know, and they have response times from their homes as well. As those firefighters showed up, we, we have a, a handful of reserve uh, pumping apparatus that we use for maintenance rotations. So those, all, those rigs all got put into play. And um, at a certain point in time, one of our battalion chiefs was sitting at Station 1 kind of coordinating the rest of the city while we were working on the fire. I was chatting with him, and he let me know that we were out of trucks. And it's like, all right, noted. Um, we, uh, at that, that point, uh, we kind of reinforced. We had uh, on Alaska Fire sitting up at Station 4 on the north side. Uh, La Crescent came across and was sitting at Station 1 on uh, 5th and Market. And we had Shelby uh, staffing their station uh, due to their real close proximity to Station 3. So we kind of had north, middle, and south, and then a battalion chief of ours dedicated. Uh, those mutual aid resources, while we were tied up for a few hours, were really the, the fire and EMS protection for the city of La Crosse. 
Um, and, and conversely, and I know there's you, you wanted to bring up the regional study that came out. You know, if you look at this fire happening in one of those other cities, if it, if it drained our resources, well, how is that going to look to a department that's got much less resources on a normal day? So these are very dangerous fires. And, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and uh, when you, you I, uh, that's a, that's one of the interesting things. And when I'm standing out watching you guys work and and talking to your son, who was you know he kind of kno- he's he's lived this right, so he kind of knows how you. Even though he's not a firefighter, he kind of knows how everything. He was kind of giving me the rundown. Um, but the the idea that the uh, so these regional you know Holman, Onalaska, Shelby, La Crescent, th- those those places are are kind of like a tweener where they're part time, full time. Um, you know that's it, you you got to really give props to them for for getting out there and 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 coming out. But uh, where where do we go with regional cooperation? It, why why is this such a conversation? And and what's the what's the fight here? Is there a fight when we don't want? Uh, do, do we not want to give uh, the lacrosse the power over? Um, uh, say a non-Alaska fire department or a, a Shelby fire department. Well, like I don't understand the problem with uh, the regional cooperation being. I don't know if it needs to be better or different or what. Yeah, and I, I think it's history. You know, the the, the different uh, municipal structures, the different uh, sides of town and whatnot over the years here. There's always different debates, and every once in a while I'm talking about public safety, and people are upset about sewers or something. So you know, there, there's always politics at play. Um, I, I'm fortunate to work where we're dealing with public safety, and I think people have their head around that. We're really we're trying to make things safe. We're trying to help people. So it's it's a great platform to be talking about. Uh, as we look at that regional discussion that kind of has been growing for the last few years here, um, the the county actually uh, uh, with partnered with UWL and uh, the county and the Lacrosse Area Planning Commission. They funded a study. Uh, they had a, a nonpartisan group called the Wisconsin Policy Forum. Uh, come in and, and do a, about an 18-month-long study. It got a little delayed because of the pandemic kind of shutting us down for a little bit. But uh, that study released in December. Uh, it's available on the Wisconsin Policy Forum site. You can find it on our Facebook page with the La Crosse Fire Department. Um, and it really it it shows what's going on. It's really just educating elected leaders about um, where there's kind of chinks in our armor as a, as a broader response area. And I think um, to some extent it really says, from my perspective as a lacrosse fire chief, that we're doing good. You know, we're, we're well-staffed, um, we've got good assets, and we're trying to partner with our mutual aid neighbors uh, by, by making that faster with automatic aid, with uh, GPS location, and, and really trying to support some of our neighboring agencies that are trying to add staff and grow. Uh, so the report really comes out with some really kind of low, medium, and, and high uh, efforts that could happen as, as people start to digest the data. Um, you know, what would it look like? Everything from just us sharing some maintenance, uh, not duplicating uh, apparatus purchases, all the way up to, you know, a few years down the road, what would a, what would a more regional fire department look like? And, and it's possible to do that, at, you know, as a contractor, as a true regional consortium. So it, it's too much to get into tonight, but I'd encourage people to go to the Policy Forum site and, and look up that uh, fire and EMS sharing study on the Cross County. Uh, just a, a lot of data there, and I'd be happy to answer questions about it. All right. So, and moving on to the to the argument you you want to have with number three. I don't know if he's going to call in, but I don't know if you want to call it an argument. But if, uh, generally, he says uh, the, the the lacrosse fire department is buying up land and space and and wants all this money to build new departments. Um, does he have a point? No, I, I love number three. He's great. He brings some some good uh, good one liners to you. Uh, so he, I just I got a little frustrated yesterday because I was actually I had time to listen, and he's taking shots about us, you know, buying up however many properties. So so what's happening on the north side? Uh, modern fire 
construction. It just takes a bigger footprint. Um, we're replacing a fire station that was built when the, the tires were wooden and had spokes on them. So um, it's, a, it's a bigger footprint. We've also got to build around the existing station. And, then, and unfortunately, as the old station comes down, we, we finished the process. But um, we, we ended up buying seven houses on that block. Um, at the same time, um, we've reconfigured some things down the south end and, and assessed things. We actually sold three pieces of property back that the city's been sitting on for 20 years down in the Creekside development for potentially a new fire station. So about seven, we turned back three. And then at the tail end of the Northside station, we're actually merging the, uh, the Northside police, uh, community policing station, uh, in with the fire station. So we're creating one, one joint structure where there's currently two. And, and the value off of that uh, police station property is probably worth about three of the properties that we purchased around the, the new fire station four. So um, all in all, I, I think I may be maybe one off uh, with that quick math. Yeah, you don't. I got a fire page coming here. Just a second. I got to shut my phone off. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's that, that type of cheap shot when you don't have all the facts and figures. It, it really doesn't do the public any good in dialogue. And, and so if number three ever wants to debate me about it, we're trying to be as economical as possible. We're also trying to take care of those property owners, make sure they got fair value for, you know, what happened there with some people getting moved. And uh, we worked with any tenants to help get them relocated. So we're doing everything possible to make this a good thing for the city. And I just, uh, you know, kind of enough of the cheap shots, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, oh, with the with the, the merging of the, the police station on the north side, is that building going to be sold off or is it part of the merge? Like you're, you're incorporating that building into plans? No, no, yeah, no. The police station's over on uh, St. James. It's, it's a it's a bigger community room, and it's got some offices for the police department. Um, th- there's some there's some economy of scale of merging our two uh, buildings together. We've also talked about with the other outlying fire stations. It's really an opportunity for police officers not to have to all congregate back at City Hall if they've got response districts north and south. Could they have a staging area where they could pop in? catch a break, do some report writing, what they need to do, have a place to interview, uh, you know, people as needed and, and whatnot. So um, the, yet to be determined on what happens, but we've certainly assessed the value of the current station. And, uh, you know, at the tail end, it's that the sale of that station or the development of where that the older police station that will come in at the tail end to help kind of fund what we're doing with the fire station. So um, I'm really trying to keep pushing the money down the road because we've got uh, three more to remodel or replace and a new one that we're trying to build down on the south side. Do you have do you have a timeline? Do you think like hey in ten years, five years, two years when we hope to That'd be a just great be... question for all the mayoral candidates? I tell <laughs> you, I don't want to take any shots because all of them are going to be my potential future supervisor. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think right now we know for certain we've got enough money to get Station Four done. That was the number one priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next priority is Station Two on Monitor Street, and uh, we're working kind of from north to south down that direction. So. Um, the cost of station, you know, a new station is almost the equivalent of the full capital improvement budget of the city each year. So it's implausible that we'll get it all when we need to replace roads and support the other city departments. So I, I've been very vocal about reaching out to multiple developers and companies in town looking for ways to stack residential housing on top of the station, stack business around them. And we're still efforting those discussions on other, you know, public-private partnership opportunities. All right, last thing for Fire Chief Ken Gillian. Brian Stein was the fireman of the year. Is there is there like one thing like he had four home runs, all grand slams in one game? Is there one thing where you can point to this is this is you know one of the main things why Brian Stein is the fireman of the year? Yeah, I think um Brian's a great guy and if you're really curious it's B R Y O N Brian Stein. 
Uh, he's, he's a very talented musician. Uh, I think he just got an album done. So I'll throw in a little pitch for his, uh, his album there, but on the fire department, um, just a, a well-rounded human being. Uh, I know that he's a mentor to a lot of the people in the department. Uh, we did a poll a couple of years ago when I first got here, when we were looking at peer assessor or, or uh, peer support trainers. And, and he was hands down voted uh, one of the most uh, probable people that you would call if you needed help from a coworker. Uh, just a great guy, a great firefighter, uh, very uh, technically savvy with technical rescue and vehicle extrication, and he passes that on to younger firefighters, so he's always coaching. Um, early on, I connected with Brian when I got here. Um, uh, he's an engineer on uh, Engine 1 right now at Station 1, so I'd bump into him. And, um, you know, he's not, a, he's not afraid to speak his mind. He's very respectful, but, he, you know, he hit me right between the eyes with some very clear needs of the department. And I, during the ceremony yesterday, I, I gave Brian a little bit of credit for uh, some of the things that we got done during my first year because he helped me kind of chart course. So I was happy. Uh, I have no vote in the uh, award. I don't even know who it is until it gets announced, and, uh, and that's on purpose. And uh, I was very happy to hear that Brian got elected and ultimately got the award. All right. Uh, how long has he been with the department? I want to say it's like 25 years. Okay, so just not not that long then. Don't quote me on that. No, no, a <laughs> not that long. I'm sure. I'm sure it's in some. Uh, I just. I, I didn't. I don't have the press release in front of me, but I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Um, all right, Ken. Yeah, th- the th- guy knows more about lacrosse fire department than I'll probably ever learn in my time here. So you know, he just he's a good guy. A lot of people know him, and I'd encourage you to, you know, if you, if you have a connection with him or on our Facebook page, check out the story. Just uh, a great guy. All right. Thanks a lot, Ken. You bet. All right. See ya. That's Ken Gilliam. He's the fire chief of lacrosse. Uh, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. All right, just a minute or so left. Uh, I know Carl's been waiting, and I'm sorry, Carl, that I, I made you wait on hold. I didn't really have any. I didn't want. I didn't know what you were going to talk about. Go ahead. You're on the air now. Yeah. Um, for uh, you know, uh, a socialist uh, uh, firefighter um, to take a cheap shot at the beloved number three. Um, <laughs> he's been a long time taxpayer, and uh, we need people like him that. You know, take a take a eye at that, but there's no way to justify you know their Cadillac ideas or their even their Tesla ideas. Um, we lacrosse hasn't grown in population. You know, I think we're still around fifty thousand. Um, there's a lot more tax exempt property that keeps getting taken off the tax rolls, and for them to you know have these dreams of spending more money and it, he, there's no way to justify it he's going to spend more money and he's going to grow um try to grow his his you know his boondoggle um all right. Like- all right Carl, i gotta i gotta go i got uh i gotta wrap up here but uh i think i think what what gilliam was saying there was that uh they, they almost evened it out they from from what cities they've eaten up to to build new fire departments or, or whatever they've actually given back uh, that land, uh, he said. Oh, maybe, maybe they have one. Maybe they one parcel larger than what they've given it back. Uh, but uh, maybe you missed that part of the conversation. And I don't think he's taking shots at number three. I think number three is taking shots at the fire department. And and Ken wanted to come on and just defend his position. So and 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 he did that. And I thought he did it fine. I I, I, I believe he literally said they, that he loves number three and 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 not and likes likes hearing him come on the show and, and was looking forward to him talking, but obviously number three, not around today. It's not like I can warn him. So, but yeah, we're not taking shots at anyone here. 
Not in that regard, anyway. We maybe take shots elsewhere, but it sounds like you're taking shots. That's just kind of weird. But um, all right, that's all the time we got. Thanks a lot for listening. Zebulon Kemp, mayoral candidate, on tomorrow. Thanks.